0: Hello and welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even into the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. On this podcast, we'll discuss movies, video games, and television shows that we grew up on. This week, we are doing a special. This is our 100th episode, and I'm sure, as everybody was able to guess from the theme music that we played, what we're going to be talking about this week. Uh, I do have... My co-host Mike with me. Hello, Mike. Lisa, gonna have a good time. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and I also have managed to finagle my brother-in-law Todd into this, who Todd happens to be a huge Star Wars geek. So he's gonna be in with us on this as well. Hello, Todd.
1: May the force be with everyone.
0: There we go. <laughs> or in some
2: cases, may the farce be with everyone. Oh uh, Mike. <laughs> so we are going or to as, cover or, or as the Joker says may
0: the floss be with you oh god <laughs> we're going to have a good time today uh, we are actually going to be covering the Star Wars trilogy uh, well actually we're going to cover pretty much as we're much be as we the... can <laughs> of the Star Wars no, no. universe you, you,
2: you should have said no we're going to be covering the Star Wars sexology <laughs>
0: Uh... <laughs> soon to be septology yeah yeah, you know, uh, there are God. things out there that we we know we're probably going to give a passing mention, uh but that's probably about it um uh, let's start off, obviously, everybody kind of knows the story for this. if you haven't, where the hell have you been hiding for the last thirty plus years okay this the the series it came out in. Seventy-seven, if I remember correctly, right, Todd? It's thirty. It, oh my
2: god, yeah, it's nineteen seventy-seven, and you know what the sad thing is? In twenty seventeen, it's gonna be forty years old.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I turned thirty-eight this year. I was born the same year that Star Wars <laughs> came out. Good God, I feel old. When I when I first got into podcasting, um
2: one of the main reasons why I did was because of a website called earth-2.net. Uh, so basically earth uh like a minus sign the number 2.net. Uh one of the guys over there his he did they did this week long thing called Dawn of the Geeks and he had his various staff members, podcasters, bloggers do uh, their origins of how they became a geek. His claim to fame is he was conceived during Star Wars premiere in 1977 because he oh, was born God. a year later. Oh, a God. A year later in
0: 78. <laughs> There's some lightsaber jokes there that we're just going to leave. A <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like,
3: hmm,
2: would you like to know why they call me cock knocker? <laughs> oh god and all i can see on the screen is hey kids look it's mark hamill applause
0: <laughs> oh yeah we're gonna have fun today with this one uh so let's start off ob- obviously we all know the story of four five and six we also have the prequels who Let's face it, I don't think there's any true Star Wars fan who really appreciates the prequels. Okay, in
2: defense, and I will say this, I am one of those people that I need a beginning, middle, and end, okay? Just for beginning and ending of story, this is how I view it. I start my Star Wars watching with Revenge of the Sith. Okay. And I stop. I stop at Jedi. Okay. Cause I remember as a kid and even later on in life, as a kid, when I first saw star Wars, I think I was, uh, it was when they were on those special, ed- not special editions, but they were, it was the, the VHS tapes. Okay. Was in the, it was in the mid eighties. It was like 88, mid to late eighties, 87, 88, 89. Some, somewhere between the time I was seven and nine years old. And, I remember when I first saw Star Wars on VHS, at the end of it, I was like, wait, that's it? Isn't there supposed to be more movie? Because I really think that episode four, A New Hope, as they've had to relabel it over the 30-odd year, 38-odd year franchise, whatever, I really think it doesn't... I don't know, because I had seen Back to the Future before I had seen Star Wars. Don't ask me why. I don't know. It's just the way my mom showed them to me or whatever. But, like, after seeing Back to the Future, I expected Star Wars to be this epic long... Because I knew there were three movies as a kid. My mom told me there were three movies. So, um, I expected something to tease the next film at the end of the first one. Kind of like what Back to the Future does. Mm -hmm. like. To be continued, to be whatever. It's just something. And it just ends. And it ends on a, to me, it ends on a really, m- musically, and I'm not saying anything bad about John Williams at all. I would never. But musically, it just kind of ends. It just stops. And then it goes into the credits scene, the end credits, and I'm like, hey, that's it? They just, they win, they come home, they get awards, and no more character development, no more nothing. And I know, obviously, when we got to Empire and all that, we'd get more character development. But yeah, as a kid, I wasn't um, i wasn't too pleased with the ending of Episode Four.
1: <laughs> yeah. And all, I remember and I, even at... Oh, go ahead, Todd. Yeah, all I remember was thinking, well, what happened to Darth Vader? You know, because he flew away, and you're like, there's got to be something, you know, but... That I, that I guess kind of had the uh, anticipation for me, not even knowing that there was going to be another movie.
0: He was flying around, you know, wanting to look for Padme or Panda Bear or whatever her name is. And the, you, know, <laughs> you think about the stink of of that in his Tie Fighter. I don't even want to go there.
2: <laughs> and and I remember, even as a kid, those opening credits. It's I believe it said Episode Four on the original VHSs, right?
0: Yeah, in the original oh, sure did
1: yeah, yeah. So I, I can't, then. I can't remember it not saying that.
2: Okay, so even then, I'm like, wait, episode four,
1: where's the first three episodes? What's going on? Like, and in, in in later years, I always took that as you know because it always starts off a long time ago. So mm-hmm. episodes one, two, and three were part of that long time ago, and maybe it wasn't relevant to what we were you know seeing right now but yeah i always had that thought of you know what came before
0: well and i think that's part of what why they kind of just locked lucas in a room and said here we want more you will give us more and you will produce more and we got the crap that is known as jar jar Banks.
2: well wasn't wasn't his original and
0: you know, you guys can correct me if I'm
2: wrong. Wasn't his original intention for the film to be like twelve hours long, or wasn't the original treatment for it like, like this I remember I, I, an interview somewhere he said that he wanted it to be a long, epic space opera type of thing.
1: And I Yeah, I I've over the years I've I've stumbled across what I'd I wish I would have saved the site, but um like a, a very early draft of what he wanted star Wars to be. And it had more of what the prequels had as far as Anakin and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, his dealings with Obi-Wan and stuff like that. But then mm-hmm. when he, I think was, was pitching it to all the studios, they were like, yeah, this has to be a lot shorter and <laughs> you
3: know
1: more, more Hollywood type of thing. And, um, but it's interesting, you know, if, you are ever able to stumble across it uh, i i think the last time i saw it was probably when uh revenge of the sith came out but um you know just the things that he had in, in there as far as his ideas and what actually came true in the in the prequels and you know the bits and parts that he was able to pull into the uh, original trilogy
0: mm-hmm. okay so let's let's talk a little bit about the different versions of this film, because there are so many different versions that have come through. There is the original. There was the director's cut. There was the special edition. There was the theatrical edition. Uh, To me, there is still only the original that has never been released on DVD. They had it on VHS. I used to have a copy of it, and I think I ended up giving it to our library because I thought, oh, hey, I've got the special edition. I don't need this anymore. Boy, was I wrong.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, well,
1: I'll, I'll see if I can uh, burn it because I, I still have my VHS of the original. Oh, bless you, bless you.
2: <laughs> I I remember, Luke, recently, like the last couple of years, I think it was since... um. Uh, since the mouse bought bought out the empire, um, there was rumors of them re-releasing his original cut, like not not the original twelve hour cut, but the original theatrical cut. Yeah, on yeah. some new because cause you know, we all know later this year when Episode Seven releases in theaters they're going to do a new box set they're going to do two new box sets probably one blu- one blu-ray one regular dvd you know they're going to do something else you, i mean it, yeah it, with a franchise as old as star wars is 38 almost 40 years old it's the same thing like what they do with the bond franchise every every year a new bond movie comes out they got to put out a new giant box set for the for the other
0: films right here's the here's the things that I, I kind of like some of the stuff they did with the special edition, but a lot of it was just added fluff that didn't need to be there. Um, for example, when in the very first movie, in, in, the, in A New Hope, we see at the beginning when they're out searching for the droids, we see them riding the dewbacks across the sand dunes. They didn't need to be there. We see the... Uh, we see Jabba show up, and that bugs the hell out of me because part of the original, the original cut, and we're not talking about the thing that actually showed up in the theaters, the original cut mm-hmm. that had been done, had a guy who was dressed up in a very Scottish outfit, had a big thick Scottish brogue, and he was Jabba the Hutt, and he actually is walking along next to Han in that whole discussion. And they they recut that whole scene and said, oh, we're going to make Jabba look like a big slug when they brought back the special edition. God, Mm -hmm. they should have just stayed with the original, although to some extent. Having Jabba as a slug in revenge or well, Return of the Jedi, excuse me, I was going to say Revenge of the Jedi, which is what it originally was called. Uh, (laughs) We'll get to that. (laughs) yeah. Uh, but they they actually had all that going on. They you know, they they brought him in. I think that that was appropriate. I, I kind of wonder what he would have been like had they kept him as this, you know this big big guy with the Scottish Brogue throughout the entire series and brought him in, you know, in return of the Jedi, and we actually see him as that rather than the alien creature that we got. Um, I, I guess that's one of the things. But I mean, you know that's that's part of it. the the special editions. The one thing that really pisses me off about it about the special editions, obviously they came out after the uh after the Phantom Menace was released. No, they mm-hmm. actually came out two years beforehand. Okay, then the version that I have, we see <laughs> Hayden Christensen at the end of Return of the Jedi.
1: Yeah. Well that was yeah, that is the revision of the revision. Yeah. So when when, uh, I think that was the Blu-ray release, actually. Mm-hmm.
2: No, no, the version no, that I have I've, wasn't. No, I've, I've seen it before the Blu-ray release
0: came out. Yeah, because I have a full screen copy of the DVDs, and I was actually watching this film last night, and my wife looks over it and she goes, hey, I don't remember <laughs> that being in there before. Why is Hayden Christensen on the screen? I'm like, because somebody at Lucasfilm thought it was a good idea.
2: Now, see, for me, that is the... You know, you say say what you want about episodes one and two. Say what you want about Jar Jar Banks. But that is the worst abomination that Lucas ever did was replacing uh the original old guy with Hayden, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah.
0: It, it, yeah. I mean, we had Alec Guinness, we had Yoda, we had but then they put in they put in Hayden Christensen there at the end, and that was just uh,
1: so Friggin' wrong yeah and when um you know when you listen to the commentary at that part it, it's not entirely clear because even lucas is just saying himself kind of why he did it i've I've always taken it as um you know that was anakin as he was when he was a jedi as opposed to what he physically looked like at the time of his death you know but still yeah. it uh yeah i, I didn't pretend like that uh that change with the uh, special edition. Well,
0: it was, it's just one of those things that bugged me. Um, let's, let's go through. I, I, I know we've got these editions that we've kind of mold over a little bit. There, there are different scenes that show up, but there's not a whole lot extra in the special editions that we really need to discuss. No. Uh, obviously we've covered the Hayden Christensen fiasco, the, one other thing that I didn't care for was when we go in and we see Cy Snoodles and the Max Rebo band singing and we actually see Cy Snoodles like sticking her face in everybody else's faces. We didn't really need to see that in the camera. You know, just have her sing, be done. That's all we needed.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the, the original song as opposed to the, uh, the new yeah. music video type song yeah, they put in.
0: Yeah, it was it was a lot better, lot lot shorter, but still a lot better. I thought. Yeah. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk about our favorites, because there are. I, I know Mike, you like the six. The, the, I, I know you like some out of out of the the prequels, but for I know for me at least, there's only four, five, and six. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are your, what's your absolute favorite? If you had to rank these here, one to three, because I'm not even going to worry about the others. How would you rank the trilogy? Mm. Mm. Um,
2: out of what I can most, most watch, uh, I would probably have to say, I'm going to pull a Dante at the end of this, so just go with me here. Um, I'd have to go... uh, Jesus Christ, I almost said Revenge of the Jedi. Uh, I'd have to go with Return, A New Hope, and then Empire. Because, you know, that's all... You know, Empire, it it ends on a down note. That's all that life is, is a series of down endings. Yeah. And, of course, all Jedi had was a bunch of Muppets. (laughs) But... Uh, i just i think i like the i think i like return of the jedi the most because of it's the it's the full evolution of luke he goes back to dagobah to to finish his training we have the scene with him you know envisioning his father and this that and the other thing and everything else and Cause I never liked in Empire when he first goes to Dagobah. I never liked funny Yoda. Like Yoda, what? Like Yoda to me, even even as I got older, even before the prequels, and even now in Empire, Yoda to me is a quasi version of what they would eventually do with Jar Jar. Like you, I wanted to just bitch slap that hell out of yoda in that movie i just can't stand it i like it when he's more serious and he does more tongue-in-cheek kind of humor instead of annoying i'm not touching you i'm not touching you oh wait i'm touching you yeah, is it just uh. um the reason why i like jedi the most is because i think it's the fact as as i said it's it's luke's evolution and it really has a lot of good action uh that 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 scene on on Endor, uh, the the forest bike fight, that was just awesome. Okay. Absolutely love that, and I love the idea of the Falcon going up against the Death Star. Oh. Okay, yes, yes, sure. At the end of Star, at the end of A New Hope, yes, sure. Luke uh, Han came in, shot Vader, and Luke, you know, got his his uh, his two sperm shots off. But it just. Jedi is where the Falcon really got to
0: spread its wings, so to speak. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, Todd, how would you rank these films for you? Uh,
1: one through six? No, uh, four, four, five, five and, and six. six. Four, five, and six? Um, Empire has always been my all-time favorite. Uh, I have it on in the background right now. Just It's on mute, but, you know... We happen to be at Dagobah right now, (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, it might just be because I have more of a vivid memory of going to the theater and seeing it for the first time and knowing, oh, this is the other movie that's going to explain what happened, you know, after that other one that I remember vaguely watching. And, um, and so I I think for me, it it is Empire and then it's Jedi and then it's a new hope. Um, and I think that's more just out of the memories I have of opening weekend and, you know, for Empire being in the theater and then, you know, having the, the, the excitement of seeing all the Empire's new toys, the the Adats in the snow and all the star destroyers. And, and then, um, you know, three years later with, with Jedi, um, once again, being at the theater and having so many, remember so many kids in the audience, um, seeing, uh, friends from school that uh, are walking out of the theater and they got to see it before me and feeling jealous. And, um, (laughs) you know, just, just the, the reactions from everybody, you know, at the, the, the climatic battle at the end and um you know Darth Vader picking up the Emperor and just everyone's like, What? You know, and yeah. um Yeah, so I was the M- Empire Jedi and then a new hope. See, for me, I I'm very similar.
0: I I I I would probably actually have to go Empire. Star Wars, you know, A New Hope, and then Return of the Jedi. And it's a very tough toss-up between Jedi and, and A New Hope. It's just so hard for me to call it either way because I really like both of them. I mean, the first one you have, the epic space battle, you have them flying in to defeat the Death Star. And it's kind of this: we're gonna go in against all odds, we're gonna blow up blow this thing up. You know, there there's such a small chance that we're gonna get this off, and we're gonna blow this thing up and destroy it, and yet they succeed even in the face of everything. You know, the the face of opposition. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, and you've got this mystic power that's coming through. You've got the lightsaber battle that happens between Obi Wan and Darth Vader, which that to this day I still kind of wonder you know, what happened to Obi-Wan? Because, I mean, all we see is we see him, he puts puts his lightsaber down, he gets swiped at, and then he vanishes. And it's not like, you know, it's not like you see in Empire Strikes Back where Luke gets his hand cut off, and you see it cauterizing it, and it's kind of like, oh my God, this was just kind of like, poof, he's gone. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that that was kind of just a weird thing. But Empire, Empire, I think, is because I'm sitting there watching Empire and i'm going oh my god we find out that you know we find out luke vader is luke's father that was a big drop and then we find out that you you get hints that leia is force sensitive you know you you figure that out and you kind of you kind of find out that you know he really does have this twin sister i mean it, it's it becomes much more clear with that, but we do know that there is another Jedi because Yoda says so while they're on Dagobah, and he says there is another.
1: Well, I was, I was just thinking about that, but after Jedi finishes, I've always taken that Yoda's comment is directed towards still having faith in Anakin coming back. Oh, that Anakin, Anakin is the other Jedi.
0: See, I never thought about that that way. All I thought was, okay, he's referring to Leia. And that became much more clear because of what we see in Jedi. But now that you mention that, I can see that.
1: Uh, Because Obi-Wan says, you know, he was our last hope. And then Yoda says, no, there is another. So what hope mm -hmm. would Yoda know? Because he's never, never had contact with Leia that we know of. You know, but you know, he's he's force sensitive, so he may reach out. But yeah, I've always taken that, you know, after, you know, probably in my late teens as I'm watching it for the, the you know, thousandth time or whatever, that you know, Yoda to me is referring to the fact that there's still hope that Anakin will fulfill the prophecy to get into the prequels of being the chosen one.
2: And to oppose that he knows about the birth of the twins true sure. he you know at the end of uh, at the end of revenge of the sith i mean i still think he meant leia um cuz anakin at the point you know th- there was no more anakin skywalker it was darth vader he wasn't at the point where if you look at it, like, he didn't really go soft. I don't want to say Darth Vader went soft, but he did. At the end, he didn't really go to that point of, you know, saying to Luke, hey, you know, go leave me, save your sister, blow. He didn't go to that righteous path again until the end of Jedi. So I still think that that Yoda was referring to, uh, to Leia. The other funny thing for me about this, uh, the original trilogy is that I saw another 1980s mo- animated movie before this and now all as I can do when I go back and watch that one is just constantly compare it to this because it ob- it's so obvious it's such a, a huge influence from Star Wars is He-Man and She-Ra, The Secret of the Sword.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: God. Yeah,
0: I, yeah, okay. You know, by the power of Grayskull, here's my lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well and when you look at the original the original Star Wars movie poster with Luke standing there holding the sword directly above his head, but come on. We we have how many cuts of He-Man holding the sword above his head in a very similar manner with light we coming have, down.
2: <laughs> we have multiple in 130 episodes of the cartoon series. Exactly. Yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Something I do have to mention that that I remember them talking about after all this was over with, you know, when when we first when Luke and Leia or or, uh, when Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford finally got to read the script because they were hiding the script from everybody and they were keeping this such a secret with Leia being Luke's sister they kind of went back and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe we did those kisses. Not just one, but there were two kisses that were that were included with like full on, you know, tongue sucking kiss. You had the one in Star Wars where Luke swings across and then she kisses him at the end or he kisses her. And it's like, oh, here's this, here's this moment. And, you know, she's in love with Luke Skywalker. Yeah. It's just all
2: kinds of weird. Yeah,
0: it, it, if you really analyze the
2: movie, it's all kinds of weird. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's
0: still. I I know I'm I'm picking at something that is, very much a standard of geekdom, and, and I'm not trying to destroy this because this is one of my favorite trilogies of all time. You know this this is one of my favorite movie set, series of all time. I I can't really badmouth Star Wars, yeah. but
1: um, let's... I always thought it was I always thought it was funny because um you know yeah in A New Hope she kisses him on the cheek before they go across the the trench, and then in Empire you know <laughs> it's a full it's a full on kiss and he's like yeah that's right Han yeah but then when you find out they're brother yeah. and sister. I always thought it was like, ha he kissed his sister, and, you know, that was that. It was just creepy afterwards. You know, and they, they said after, they go, oh, my
0: God, we've already done the kiss. What? what? You know, and that just kind of blew them away, and they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're going there with this. How incestuous is this? So, um, Let's talk, because obviously there are tons and tons of characters within this film within the series even that are so well known. Thank you. Thanks to Kenner. And I'm gonna bring that up because <laughs> without Kenner we would not know the names of some of these. And for those for those kids who don't know what Kenner is, for those people who may be listening to this who've never heard of Kenner Toys, they were bought out and now Hasbro is doing what Kenner used to. They bought the molds and everything for the Star Wars action figures. hmm Uh but we have so many different characters. So many out there that are fun, uh, Mike. What is your favorite character out of the series? I I know this may be a tough question to ask, but are you asking
2: my favorite character out of the films, or are you asking the entire overall Star Wars universe, or are you asking my favorite toy character? Oh man,
0: <laughs> that's a loaded question. There, it's see, to th- ask. I see, know. this
2: is why. This is why I stick to when I when I when I talk about Star Wars. I stick to the films only. I don't. Yeah. I've never read anything expanded universe. I've. I'm currently reading Marvel's Run, with the new Star Wars comics. But I've never. I've never read any of the old Star Wars stuff. Oh well, well. I take that back. I read a couple of Dark Horse things when Dark Horse had it. I read, uh, um, uh, the Fett. Uh, Uh, stories Boba Fett is dead and Django and Boba Fett the the story about the fets because before the prequel trilogy came out Boba Fett has one scene of awesomeness and then he gets eaten by the Sarlacc yeah and I've never understood why everybody fucking loves Boba Fett I thought he was the worst character in the original trilogy out of anybody, uh, and I never never really got it. We get the prequel trilogy, we see his father, and it it increases my belief that the Fets are the worst family in Star Wars because Boba Fett gets eaten by a Sarlacc, Jango gets his head cut off by a purple lightsaber African-American. <laughs> you know? It just... It, like... I, mm, so, but favorite character overall, it,
0: it's it got to be Chewie. It's just got to be Chewie. Okay, okay, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give you that, but Chewie's so a good character. Um, Todd, who is your favorite? I, and I, I probably know this question, I probably know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Who is your favorite?
1: Uh, my favorite has always been Darth Vader. It was just from, you know, the first seeing him, the breathing just how uh large of a character he seemed and you know just the the voice and you know choking from someone across the room and just having this you know there's really nothing you can do to me so um you're either gonna sit down and shut up or you're gonna be like that guy on the ground
0: okay um for me, it, it's, there's a problem with this question. It's, it's very loaded for me because when I was a kid and this is when I first saw return of the Jedi in the theaters. Okay. I remember actually going to the theaters. We went to Parkway Plaza mall. They had a theaters at Parkway Plaza that was behind this Woolworths that the theater is no longer there. It's been completely torn down and they put a new one in. So moot point coming to my point around here, uh, out of Return of the Jedi, my favorite character, when I saw the series, was Wicket. Now, obviously things have changed since then. I now, Luke is my character.
2: Yeah, but Say that now.
0: Hey, when you're eight years old and you have this cute <laughs> little furry teddy bear thing coming around, I thought Wicket was cool. I, you know, I liked the, I, I, I'm going to say this here, it's, it pains me to say this. When I was a kid, I liked the Ewok Adventures series, that, you know, the Battle for Endor, all that, that they came out with later. I liked those movies because of what they were when I was a kid. And I liked, I liked Wicked. Now I'm realizing the Ewoks probably shouldn't have been around. Uh, you know, Jorge Garcia was right with what he said in Lost. The Ewoks were dorks. Uh, Luke is now probably my favorite character, and I really can't wait to see how they portray him in The Force Awakens. So that's that's kind of my favorite there. Um, I that said, I had you know Han Solo is up there as well. I mean, he's probably my second favorite just because the guy was an ass, but he was cool. He was a cool ass. <laughs> you know, and he he shoots Greedo, blows him away, and you know. I, I, and that's that's a whole argument there with within we the are not culture. having
2: we are not having the who shot first argument, which is not we'd be here for five hours just
0: debating that. Right. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to say is that d- depending upon which version you've seen, they they say that Han shoots first and they say that Greedo shoots first. It, it doesn't matter to me. I, I mean, it really doesn't. It, it's moot, but Han shot first. Oh, Todd, you had to go there. <laughs>
1: I, I was there in 1977, Han shot first. <laughs> okay.
0: But you see, I mean, this is what this is what happens. And, and either way, depending upon how you look at it, it paints him as this complete rogue and just kind of a bad guy that he's got this dark side or that he was just doing it in self-defense. So it, it's an interesting side to Han. Um, obviously, we know that he's a big smuggler and all that. Let's kind of get into these characters and really what else they've done because they have done other things. You know, the people who have acted in this film have done other things besides Star Wars. Um let's start with the big ones. Let's start with Mark Hamill.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um Mike, hmm. I know you you <laughs> want to talk about Mark Hamill here. Okay. Go right ahead. Well,
2: more recently, um, let's talk about some recent stuff with Hamill. Uh, He was in The Kingsman. Uh Uh-huh. He reprised and returned to his role as the trickster on The Flash. Yes. Which was amazing. (laughs) I need to... um, Oh, that, that, that bit with him.
0: I... I am your father.
2: You don't even do it, justice, dude. No, I have to no. get you, I'm gonna have to get you the clip, and you're just gonna have to put it in here somewhere. but um Mark Hamill is a guy that honestly, he's probably one of the original geeks. Yeah, he has never not said that he disliked comic books or any, I mean, he loves comic books. I mean, hell, he made comic book the movie. Yes. You know, I mean, this is a guy who, I, I don't want to say he's, he's been a closet geek because he hasn't. I mean, you know, you look at the Justice League, um, I, th- I think it's on the Justice League Complete Series DVD set, and, uh, you know, he's on there talking about, you know, comics when I was a kid. This guy was born in 1951, and you know growing up through all that time you know getting into adulthood and everything else and you look at his filmography and and his voice work alone i oh. mean speaks you know I, two of my um well, one of my very favorite episodes from batman the animated series uh is and when i say batman the animated series i mean all 108 109 episodes of cuz throughout that that show There was the new uh, the Batman. uh, There was adventures. There was Batman the animated series that ran to '95. Then there was uh, Adventures of Batman and Robin. Then there was the new Batman Adventures. But for me, it's overall Batman the animated series. Anyway, an episode called Old Wounds, and uh, (laughs) there's a scene where he throws Batgirl off of the highest point in Gotham, and Robin has to come in and save her. He does she flips back up and the joker says what you should be sidewalk stroganoff and robin comes in and all you hear is well he, R- 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 robin says his line he says i changed the menu and all you hear is a whap and you hear him punch the joker it, i cannot believe luke skywalker went villain and became the joker that was the single greatest thing yeah. and originally You know who they originally had as the Joker? Don't say if you do, because I'm going to tell you. But originally, they had Cardinal Richelieu. They had Tim Curry as the Joker. Batman the Animated Series, no disrespect to Tim Curry. He's an amazing actor. But Batman the Animated Series would not be what it is after 20-some-odd years now. Almost 30 years, you know, roughly. But it would not be what it is without Mark Hamill being the Joker. And it was simply yeah. amazing. He's done other stuff. Like, uh, he was, um, let's see. He was in the TV series, Avatar, the last airbender. He was in uh Robotech, the shadow Chronicles. He was in super robot monkey team, Hyperforce go, um,
0: <laughs> uh, time squad, you know, the list goes on. One of my favorites mm-hmm. that he did, and I'll probably catch hell for this, is <laughs> something that was along the lines of Star Wars in a sense. It was a video game series called Wing Commander, mm-hmm. and he plays as a general in there, and I loved him as that. But I remember seeing an interview that he did, and this was the very first time I ever actually realized that Mark Hamill did the voice of the Joker because he did it on the, series, on the uh, talk show. But he said that his his son was playing Wing Commander, and he said he goes, it was really kind of weird. He goes, he asked his son, he goes, did you like the game? And his son goes, um, yeah. And he goes, well, what's wrong with it? And he goes, well, I keep playing, and then I expect you to turn around and tell me, you know, in the middle of the game, hey, stop playing the game, clean up your room, and finish up. <laughs> his son's saying that and he goes, okay, I, I get that, I understand. But, you know, just to think about that with Mark Hamill, and obviously this is just, Mark has, I, I don't know whether he is better known as Luke Skywalker or as the voice of the Joker. It's it's a tough toss-up when you go to Comic-Con to it, see the it is, a, it is a tough
2: toss-up, but if you look at a lot of people that grew up in the 90s or were younger, like my buddy Steve, who's the co-creator of the Geekcaster to network with me, he was born in 86. So when he was you know when when batman the animated series came on the scene in 92 he was 6 years old so as a 6 year old and him getting attached to the joker now i know steve he's more of a star trek fan than star wars he likes star wars but he prefers star trek over over the two franchises but that's a discussion for another day and it's one of those things where i know him he'll he'll you know when you know he he here's the name Mark Hamill, the first thing he'll do is he'll go into the Joker. And the funny thing is, he is a damn good Mark Hamill impression Joker voice. Yeah, that he is. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um,
2: but I mean, Mark Hamill has done so much. We can't even... We, we'd we be here all night talking about what he's done. Uh, the funny thing is, I didn't really realize... I knew his voice, but I had... Because I hadn't I hadn't seen Batman the Animated Series until '97, you know, honestly. At that point, but I had seen the 1994 Spider-Man first, and I'm like, I think I had seen like Christmas with the Joker when it came out, but I had more so had seen Spider-Man more than Batman the Animated Series. I don't know why, but because um, I'm like, hey, wait a second, what's the Joker doing dressed as a goblin? Because he's the voice of the Hobgoblin <laughs> on Spider-Man the Animated Series. Um, he was—he played himself on Celebrity Deathmatch. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> God. <laughs> oh well, to to try and get us off of Mark Hamill so that we don't keep talking about about how much he's actually done, and because and again, as Mike said, we'll be here all night. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to somebody else who actually got his start with Lucas before Star Wars. Uh, Todd, you know who I'm referring to, correct? Yeah, that would be Harrison Ford? Yes, it would. Uh, Harrison Ford, actually, he was he was actually discovered working on uh, Lucas's... He was, he was uh, doing construction at Lucas's house, if I remember correctly. And Lucas said, hey, you know, why don't you come out and read for some of the stuff that we've got? And he's like, okay, sure. You know, and he ended up reading for American Graffiti, which, if I remember, American Graffiti came out what in '74, I think it was. Uh, I God, I have to look this up. This is gonna bug me now. But he he actually showed up first in that, and he was driving one badass '57 Chevy. I mean, there's, I I wanted that car. I I still want that car after having seen the movie. Uh, but Harrison Ford, obviously huge huge role i it's it's tough to say what he is most famous for, whether it's for Han solo or some of his other roles uh well I would say that the two
2: biggest arguments as far as more famous for 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 Harrison is han solo or indiana jones yeah i i mean Oh God. Can you imagine that celebrity death match on solo versus Indiana Jones? That would be awesome. Oh man.
0: (laughs) And of course now mentioning, since we mentioned Indiana Jones, that is probably another, that is another Lucasfilm trilogy, which we will have to cover here on talk about my generation at some point. I am just not sure when just yet, because this year is going to be the year of trilogies. We've got a bunch of stuff planned for it. Uh, Todd, what are your thoughts on Harrison? Obviously, you've seen him in a bunch of things, I know.
1: Um and overall, I, I think his his body of work um, I think is probably more recognizable than than Mark Hamill because he's done a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean to have two iconic characters. You know, in, in the course of your acting career on top of all of the, uh, you know, more artsy uh, kind of films. And um, I mean, he's also done the uh, uh, the Jack Ryan films. I think he's done mm-hmm. three of those. Um, I think in Air Force One, I think he played the president. Yep. If, yep. If I remember that.
0: Get off of my plane.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, no, I mean, overall, um, even uh, watching the, uh, the trailer for The Force Awakens, um, it wasn't until you saw him and, and Chewie at the end where you're like, all right, this is going to be a Star Wars movie.
2: It just, when I saw that scene, say it, Mike, say it. i like, <laughs> he really is an old, scruffy-looking nerf herder right now. Nerf her. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he just he. I think they did that on purpose, making him old and scruffy. I mean, obviously the guy's old. I know he's old, but I'm just saying, like, he looks really, really bad. He. I don't mean bad as in
0: bad, but he just. He just looks so old. Well, the guy is what? He, he's, what, 70? Um, um,
2: 71, I think.
0: And, I maybe. mean, the guy the guy is, he broke his leg on the set of that. Uh, on no, the set he's, of no, he's 64. And, oh, God. He's 64. Okay. Yeah. You know, he, he broke his leg on that. He crashed a plane recently in the middle of a golf course. Still managed to keep the thing intact, which is a hell of a job. But... My God, the guy is still going strong. He, you know, he's Rick Deckard. He, he's Indiana Jones. He, he was a drummer in Expendables 3. Uh, he was Colonel Graff in Ender's Game. Come on, the guy has a huge list of stuff. Yeah, I still look forward to seeing him on the screen for as long as he wants to keep going.
2: I honestly wish at this point that, because lately he's just doing the angry old guy, and I'm ripping this from an episode of uh, Weekend, or... Uh, one of our podcasts over GeekCast Radio Network is called Weekend at the Movies. We're in current uh, currently looking for a new title for that one. But anyway, um, they said that uh, they said on their most recent episode because they actually did an actor spotlight on Harrison Ford and they picked out uh, some of his top three best and his top three worst films. And one of them, I think it was Optimus Solo, that said, uh, you know, he's gotten to the point now where he's just doing that angry old guy kind of thing, and we that they want that kevin had wanted to see him do more than that and honestly i wish force awakens would be his retirement um i really really do because the best thing i've seen him in since i don't know 2001 has been his jimmy kimmel skits oh (laughs) Oh, his jimmy kimmel skits are amazing Daniel yes. Craig's my Wookiee
0: bitch now. Yes. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Harrison Ford is not going to quit with force awakens. I don't know. He does. I know. He is going to be reprising his role as Rick Deckard in the untitled Blade Runner project. That's supposed to be a sequel. He's going to be back supposedly for Indiana Jones five, which Man, oh, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we, we've got him there. Um, let's move on to some other actors so that we can, we we don't, we got to talk about,
2: um, we got to talk about, um, Darth Vader for a minute, because as a 14 year old in 1994, I got the shock of my life when I saw the lion King. I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait, Darth Vader's a good guy. Since when the hell did this happen? What, what weird universe are we living in? Yes. James Earl Jones. Um, amazing, amazing actor. Conan, the barbarian, Doctor Strange, love, um, you know he actually is returning or has returned as the voice of Darth Vader in the new Disney XD series, Star Wars Rebels.
0: Yeah, which um, which I think Todd was Todd uh, Izzy had mentioned that I I know he she was saying that he was coming back and you guys were watching the show religiously. She keeps trying to, meet, to get me to watch it.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the the first season was pretty good. Um, you know, it's um other than uh, you know, hints at uh, the emperor and uh, a few episodes that had uh, um Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it it it's all new characters. It you know, it's during the the start of the rebellion and stuff. But, um, you know, it it's pretty good for uh. You know, the the animation and the uh um, you know, Disney Network taking it over from uh from Cartoon Network that was doing the Clone Wars. But uh yeah, the um the trailer was shown for the second season at the um the Star Wars celebration last week. And so of course, like everything else it leaks online. But um yeah, it's got uh Vader and all his glory and James Will Jones and, and you can definitely tell that it's it's him and uh the uh, the second season looks to be getting more and more into connecting from uh you know what we knew of the prequel movies into the clone wars cartoon now you have rebels that'll go into a new hope and uh who knows they may even uh introduce characters in this uh, uh rebels cartoon that might you know 30 years down the the road all of a sudden show up in uh in the force awakens
0: mm. Well, I know that we've heard rumors of Rogue Squadron that's supposed to be coming out um, as kind of another spin off. That's, yeah, Rogue One. Rogue One, excuse it's, me.
2: It's supposed to take place. Um, oh, geez. I think it's supposed to take place in between A New Hope and Empire? Or no, maybe, I don't know. I'll have to look it up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds interesting from what I've heard. Uh, go ahead, Todd. I I heard that it was um, the events of the Rebellion stealing the Death Star plans before a new Oh, world.
3: okay. Oh. Yeah.
2: Because I remember the biggest thing about that, because I haven't seen anything. I don't know if they released a trailer or anything like that for it or anything, but the biggest news I heard out of Star Wars Celebration when it came to Rogue One was, hey, look, Boba Fett's alive. And I, I didn't know at the time it was taking place between three and four and i'm like wait they're really bringing him back to life seriously (laughs) uh james earl jones he's had an amazing career most notably what i can see from this is um he does a lot of narration which you'd expect oh yeah um Wow, it sounds like we're getting bombarded by a X-wing over here.
0: Um, Sorry, folks, it's Harrison Ford flying
2: in his, in his uh, old plane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, outside of the Lion King and the Lion King Two, um, I think the most memorable role for me outside of that and outside of Star Wars is honestly Mr. Myrtle from San, the Sandlot. Okay. Yeah. You know, absolutely love that movie um currently as i mentioned earlier in the podcast uh marvel has the star wars comics back and they are doing a darth vader ongoing so they have three they have three star wars titles right now they have the main star wars ongoing comic They have Darth Vader, which I assume is an ongoing because it hasn't said anything about it being only a limited series. And then they have the Princess Leia story, which uh, these all take place after the events of A New Hope. So they take place between A New Hope and Empire. Um, The Darth Vader comic series written by uh, Kieran Gillian and art by Salvador Roca, is amazing. I can hear James Earl Jones' voice when I read his lines, and in this series, and I don't know how long this is gonna, um, this is gonna last or anything like that, but in this series, they introduce a character called Doctor Afra, and she has two droids with her, Triple O, so O O O, O dash O dash O, you know uh and then b t a is it no b t one these are <laughs> these are painted black versions of c three p o and r two d two but oh. they are uh, the, basically imagine c three p o and r two d two in bizarro world these characters triple o and b t one are Droids for the Empire. BT1 is an is an assassination droid. <laughs> it's oh. I'm, t- I'm telling you folks, if you have a chance, go pick up Star Wars Darth Vader. It's currently on its fourth issue released right now. I believe issue five is coming soon. I gotta look here and see when it's coming. But it is really awesome because you see his, you see Vader's, you know, we always, you know, I always, t- I said earlier about, well, that's it. What happens, you know, at the end of a new hope, this kind of picks it up and shows us that Vader is kind of obviously fallen out of favor with the emperor. And, you know, he wants to find that mysterious force powered person who basically destroyed the day. De- it's a really good series. Yeah. Issue five comes out May 13th. So, um, it's a really good comic series, and it really gives some awesome stuff into Vader. And if you ever wanted to see Darth Vader do more lightsaber battles, this is the comic series for you.
0: Well, let's speak real quick on the other side of Darth Vader. Um, the, the guy who actually ran yeah. around in the costume, David Prouse. And, and I, have okay. to mention, I have to mention David Prouse. Because he was a bodybuilder. He's still with us, but he has actually been banned from attending any (laughs) Star Wars fan conventions, any official Star Wars fan conventions uh, by Lucas himself. Uh, This actually happened back in 2010. Uh, Lucas has said, you know, he goes, look, he's just burned too many bridges between Lucasfilm and me. I'm kind of wondering now whether he's going to be allowed to show up now that Disney owns Star Wars. Uh, hard to say but the guy really from what I understand he's been kind of an ass since he was Vader
2: yeah I you know what honestly I don't mean to disrespect anybody folks but as far as I'm concerned I don't care who's in the suit as long as James Earl Jones is doing the voice the the suit actor personally means diddly squat to me. I mean, like, I don't even know how... I mean, I know some of the guys that did the suits for... that were in the suits for the Turtles in the in the 1990s Turtles film, but it's the voices that matter, you know? Um It just... I don't know. It just... I never really got why everyone was so interested in, in, in this guy. Like, it...
0: Well, you got to be careful saying that because you've got some people who would take a lot of offense to that for their acting skills within those costumes because you had some pretty big names that actually show up. For example, with Wicket, Wicket was Warwick Davis. Mm -hmm. You know, Warwick Davis has gone on to do quite a bit. You know. Oh no no no! But but I
2: understand that. But I, I'm saying in 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 the context of Darth Vader. Yes, David Prowse did an amazing job with with the suit and with you know, putting his hand out to force choke somebody or the lightsaber battle with Luke. And yeah, that's all well and good. But without James Earl Jones doing the voice, you have nothing.
0: True. I don't know. It's there. There's just a lot to cover. Um, One that kind of surprises me. Carrie Fisher. She's she's done more, but she's kind of just been behind the scenes for a lot of stuff. Uh, She's actually I mean, what her big claim to fame was Star Wars and. Jansom Bob strike back. Yeah. And I'm going to mention this because (laughs) I'm. Oh, the steel bikini. <laughs> it, 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 any boy from the early '80s who saw Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. they hit puberty staring at Carrie Fisher in that metal bikini. Enough mm-hmm. said. Um, Todd, did your mom ever let you
1: have that poster?
3: <laughs>
1: um, I <laughs> I don't remember having many many Star Wars posters. I don't, I don't even. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's one, you know, stock photo or something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I remember. It's like, okay, you see more skin on Princess Leia. Um, But, you know, as far as Carrie Fisher goes, there's there's one movie that I remember. It was either between Empire and and Jedi, or it was slightly after Jedi. It was uh, Under the Rainbow, and it was the supposed story of um, behind the scenes stuff on Wizard of Oz. And um, it had Chevy Chase and Carrie Fisher
3: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, pretty much, I think, every little person that was involved with with Hollywood at the time. And, and so it was set, you know, in the, what, in the 30s? Um, and uh, all of the... Uh, the the little people checked into the hotel. Um I mean it's a really cute movie, but um I remember that was kind of like the first, you know, seeing her outside of a Star Wars movie. And then um the other notable one would be uh, when Harry met Sally.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Um now I'm looking over her her filmography. She's actually got a lot more that I didn't remember her in Um, Drop Dead Fred, The Burbs. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me see. What else? Hook. She was a woman who was kissing on the bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me see. Obviously, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, She was in an episode of Smallville. Oh, God. She was Mother Superior in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Eh, yeah. That seems to be a thing that she has a role with playing as nuns. <laughs> yeah. Because she has she plays as a, she plays as a nun in Jane Silent Bob, she plays as a nun in Charlie's Angels. And if I remember correctly, she was also a nun back in the Blues Brothers where she's chasing around uh yep. Jake and Elwood.
2: Yeah uh more recently from 2005 to 2014 she was a voice on family guy is angela um the coolest thing with her and james earl jones okay james earl jones has a few cooler things but the coolest thing things with her was um <laughs> season seven episode 14 of the big bang theory the convention conundrum <laughs> <laughs> Where her and James Earl Jones guest starred on The Big Bang Theory, and The Big Bang Theory to that point, season seven, okay. So to that point, every comic type geek celebrity, like your Stan Lees, your Steve Wozniaks, your you know all all these people, Leonard Nimoy at the time, uh, Sheldon Cooper has restraining orders from all of them. In this episode he sees James Earl Jones eating in a restaurant cafeteria. I forget what it is. It was a sushi restaurant. Yes. Okay. Well, I couldn't remember the exact restaurant, but yeah, so J- Sheldon Cooper sees James Earl Jones eating in a restaurant. Goes up to him and, you know, Sheldon being Sheldon, "Oh my gosh, you're you're Darth Vader. You're the and just the audience as an audience member knowing Sheldon's past history with these people immediately you think oh boy this is not going to go well and you get a surprise and it it really hurts me <laughs> to hear James Earl Jones talking so positively because I'm so used to like Darth Vader or anything like that <laughs> but it's like it's like you know I loved you in The Empire Strikes Back and you know this, that, and the other thing. And and there's a pause and you just wait to see what James Earl Jones' reaction is going to be. And he's like, because I I remember the line. He's like, you like Star Wars, don't you? And all Sheldon does is nod. He's like, Uh I like you too. And then they sit down and talk. And it, it, it was kind of an evolving character moment for Sheldon because he finally got some validation from one of the Actor is one of the people in geekdom that he absolutely adores, and I thought it was absolutely great, because earlier in the episode, he tries going to Carrie Fisher's house, and I think she gets a shotgun out. I yeah. I don't remember, but um, for Carrie Fisher, like, outside of Princess Leia, just looking at her filmography, uh, I don't even remember her in, in Drop Dead Fred. I don't even remember her in When Harry Met Sally. The Outside of Star Wars, what I remember her in is Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back* and that *Big Bang Theory* episode.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean she's had her she's had her spots. So, mm-hmm. um,
2: see. we got to talk about. <laughs> I really don't want to pull a land. Uh, I really don't want to pull a chasing Amory reference here, but you know. <laughs> We got to talk about Lando.
0: Yeah, yeah, we do.
2: (laughs) We got to talk about Lando Calrissian because (sighs) Lando Calrissian, Billy D. Williams, it always surprises me when he shows up in stuff. Like, you know, Harvey Dent in Batman. You know, um, true. He will actually, according to this, he will be returning as Lando in Star Wars Rebels. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, but I, I, you know, people are going to throw me under the bus for for admitting this. But after Star Wars, the next thing I saw him in was a sp- it was a continuation slash spinoff slash mini series type of deal. He was um, Toussaint Du Bois on General Hospital and General Hospital Night Shift. And and this General Hospital Night Shift was like a night, like what happens at General Hospital on the night shift, obviously. ran from 2007 to 2008, so it was only a one-year deal thing. But when I saw him, I'm like, hey... It's Lando and Lando is just you know humming throughout because he plays a janitor in that and it just it was so awesome seeing him in that the next thing that I saw him in after that was um he was in a few episodes of well, he was even one episode of the USA series called The White Collar he played um uh Ford Bradford Toman and just every time I see Billy D I absolutely love him I really do, you know. He's one of those actors that just—he just, just exuberate exuberance, coolness. He really does.
0: Welcome to the cool side of the globe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I do think we need to mention, much as I hate to say it, the the dark side. Okay. Before
2: you go there, wait, wait, wait. One more thing on Billy D. I cannot believe I. Somebody ought to sue uh, whoever put out two two seven. I think it was NBC. He was in an episode of Two Two Seven, nineteen eighty nine. Played against Stan. His character name was Billy D. Hasbro. <laughs>
3: oh god
0: (laughs) All right, dark side who are we talking about on the dark side the emperor oh no 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 we're going to talk the dark side of the star wars universe oh the prequels not even that we're going to go shortly after the holiday christmas time for the holiday special
2: I can't mention this. That is something as a geek I am very proud that I've never, ever seen it and I
0: never will. Todd, I don't you've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yes I have. Uh, it's uh
1: Yeah. <laughs> it it's an interesting mix. Um you know, it, i I think it's just uh part of that uh corporate greed that uh, more than likely resulted in it being created in the first place. Yeah, uh,
0: let's mention a little bit about this here as to what brought this about. Obviously, this was fresh off the launch of Star Wars, and they decided that, hey, we need to get everybody together because they're still under contract for us. We need to make a holiday special. And so they pull out, Chewbacca and Chewbacca's family, uh, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Carrie Fisher, and for some odd reason, B. Arthur is singing opera. Uh, I'm still not sure why that happened. <laughs> but they all show up on a holiday special where they're going back to... Um, uh, what is it? They're, they're going to Kashik for uh, Life Day, isn't it? Yeah, Life Day. Okay, it's been a while since I've seen this, but it, it's one of these things that was so horrible Lucas has tried to kill it off and hide it wherever he possibly can. He There were rumors that he went out and he bought up every VHS copy of it and burned it in a landfill, much like what we hear about with the Atari games and E.T. Uh, whether or not it's actually true or not, I'm not sure, but fact of the matter is the Star Wars Holiday Special still exists out there, and Riff has done some wonderful things with it. Uh, we have that. That's one of the dark sides. We also have, uh, what, in 86, I think it was. I'm looking here to try and find it. We have the Ewok Adventure and the Battle for Endor. Um, these were obviously spinoffs that happened uh let me see oh i'm sorry ewok adventure was 84. uh they decided they were going to do a spin-off where they were going to throw people who'd crash landed on the the indoor moon and they have them wandering around and basically trying to get back to their parents while the ewoks are walking them through and you get to see you get to actually get some of them some more of the names of the Ewoks, you get you find out that there's Low Gray, and you find out that there's Wicket, and you know Wicket actually starts talking, and just I don't know. I I did not care for it. Did not care for it. Um, I, I liked it as a kid. Now looking back on it, I realize that it's a tragedy. Uh,
1: did did Wicket actually talk in that? He it wasn't he wasn't talking Ewokese. Oh no, he actually talked. He was he kept saying Star Cruiser. Star Cruiser crash, crash, crash,
0: crash. Oh, okay. Thursday, I remember Thursday, that to speak. Yeah, it, it's just, it, it was bad. They they ended up running it on ABC, and somehow they thought it was a good idea to make a sequel of this thing, and they called it the Battle of Endor. And in this one here, you had this little girl named Sindel who was in the first one. Her family gets killed. Her family and her brother get killed right at the very beginning because the Imperials that are still floating around out there find them and kill her family. And she ends up going off with this character named Teak. Her Whoa. Teak and Wicket go back and they're running around. And they come back to this old geezer who's living there on the moon of Endor. And he's kind of this hermit. And the hermit yeah the hermit is wilford brimley um that should tell you right there they should have stopped with this thing they should have just not gone on with it at all so i i don't know i i i would say those are probably some of the big 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 dark sides of this series um mm. uh, you know, I don't know, do we do we really want to delve into the other evils known as the prequels? Well, first of all, I I think we can delve into three things about the
2: prequels. Okay. Having the force means you're diseased. Okay. Can... Instead of in instead of it being some sort of religious awakening within you. It's your metachlorines, it's your it's your body that gives off, you know, this whatever the hell. Uh Jar Jar Binks is a dumbass. Okay. Um and if we didn't see the fucking soap opera in Attack of the Clones it would have been a much better movie.
0: I, I think you're right on all that. Um, the only... Okay, you can show a love
2: story with Anakin and Padme, but did we really need a field scene on Naboo? Seriously, we really needed all of that?
1: Every great love story needs a picnic. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And I just wanted the Emperor to rain down with explosions.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I don't know. There were were a lot of things about those that I just... Like you said, Jar Jar, we... All I can think back to is a movie called Fanboys, which, (laughs) if you've never seen it, Todd, you need to watch this movie if you've never seen it, because... It's about these four guys that decide they're going to sneak on to Skywalker Ranch to see, to actually go and see the the uh, prequel movie, the very first movie in the prequel series. Uh, they're going to go see the Phantom Menace. And, and the main reason they're doing it, spoiler alert for those who have not seen it, one of the kids has cancer, and that's the reason why. They want him to see it before he passes away. Mm. Uh it's a great film. It, it it pokes so much fun at geek culture. Uh, they actually have a scene with uh, Seth Rogen who shows up in the film. And I died laughing because all of this, this movie actually takes place well after the Phantom Menace came out and they mm-hmm. have Seth Rogen who, who goes, Oh my God. Uh, he, he plays as his redneck. Oh my God. You lack like star Wars check this out. I got, I got this guy from trailer here. Jar Jar Binks. I got him tattooed all up and down my arm. He's going to be my new favorite character. And just seeing that and hearing Seth Rogen go off about that. It just kind of really said, yes, that is exactly who I thought Seth Rogen was. Uh, it's, you know, I just, I I watched that and couldn't stop laughing. because All I could think was how horrible Jar Jar Binks is. Uh, that said, the, the there were a few things that I did like about the prequels. I did like the chariot race. Well, not the chariot race, the pod racing scenes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but it was ripped. You know, come on. You have Ben-Hur turned into the Phantom Menace in a sense.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you had the midichlorians, which the midichlorians, for anybody who has not really paid much attention with the fake religion of Scientology. I'm sorry, I'm going to call it out. <laughs> okay. That it was created by L Ron Hubbard back in the 50s, sci-fi author. guy creates this religion. And they had to throw the midichlorians in and make that what Luke was made out of or not, I'm sorry, not Luke, Anakin. Yeah. He was he he was this immaculate conception because of all the midichlorians that formed in his mother's body and boom, he was born. He had no father. Where have we heard this story before? I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that was, that was very hard for me to swallow watching this. And I just, when I heard it, I kind of went, I actually in the middle of the theater went, what? And you could hear everybody else going, Oh, and that was it. And it was just kind of like, okay. It got better to a point, but then you had, you know, the dark brooding Hayden Christensen, who had to play the rest of the series, which he didn't need to be there. He did not need to be in the story at all. Um, I mean, the only
2: part he really needed to be in was obviously revenge, as I said before. Revenge of the Sith is the best out of the prequels. It really is because it sets up a new hope. It sets up Darth Vader's path, even though it's a little cheesy how they set it up. But
0: yeah, I mean, we we did need to see a little bit of him courting because we have to have that part of the story. We know that he and Padme have to get together, that he has to be Luke and Leia's father. We do have to see a little bit of a love story. We have to see kind of what goes on there, but it didn't need to be the soap opera that was Attack of the Clones. We know that.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I don't know. It just. I would much rather forget that those three movies exist and just look forward to Force Awakens coming out. <laughs> uh, Any thoughts on the prequels, Todd?
1: I mean, overall, yes, they're not as uh I think is um accepted as as the original trilogy. I mean, I was extremely excited as I'm sure everybody was in ninety nine when Phantom Menace came out. Mm-hmm. Um Jar Jar was a little goofy. Uh I'm I'm not as big of a, a Jar Jar basher, I think, as, as most of the Star Wars community is. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of uh you know, lame as far as the uh, the potty humor and stuff, but you know, you're you're catering to young kids whose parents are taking them to the movie because they want to see Star Wars. So, you know mm-hmm. that that's what I pretty much figured Jar Jar was.
0: Okay, but um, why did they have to have Jar Jar when they already had C three PO who was doing that?
1: We had C three PO through well, but but C three PO. I mean, he was only built by Anakin he wasn't uh you know full formed and so you could have uh anthony daniels in in there again but uh you know from a a humor aspect you've always got to bring in something new is what it seemed like and um as far as hayden christensen i mean acting wise i think that's kind of where it it falls flat um but i mean in attack of the clones when uh when he attempts to rescue his mother, and, you know, she dies in his arms. The look on his face and, and just, you know, it, it's probably more of of the music that really um, brings the prequel trilogy uh, more connected, I think, to the original. It's just because John Williams did all of it. But mm. uh, but just that scene where, where Anakin's mother dies in his arms, and he just kind of looks up, and, you know, at that point in time, I'm like, all right, that's the thing that made him go down to the dark side, you know? Yeah. And I wish, I wish they would have explored that aspect more than the fact of the love story and, you know, kind of a jealousy. I want power and we're going to stay together or you're not trusting me, you know, kind of thing.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: I like the only other thing for me on the prequels is, and it's because of, What 3PO says in A New Hope at the very beginning, you know, why do I always why are we always the ones get stuck in these? He alludes to what he and R2 have been through. You know what I mean? True. And he he alludes to all that. So when I believe it's Attack of the Clones or might be Revenge of the Sith, I forget. When R2 flies, I don't give a shit what anyone says. When R2 flies in the prequels, that is awesome. Yeah, I like that because we because we see him in his heyday. We see him as you know this because they had to do something different with R two for the prequels. They had to give him something, and since it is a prequel, since it is kind of an origin story for a lot of these characters, I thought that was great. Three um, PO he just sat on the shelf for most of the movies. I mean, and he didn't even get his
0: gold paint job. For a while, so I don't know.
2: I, yeah. I just I've I've
0: always loved R two flying. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, so let's go ahead here. Let let's let's kind of wrap this up here. Final thoughts on this trilogy, because I'm on the Star Wars universe. I should say overall. Um, uh, obviously, this is a It it is a defining geek moment is the best way to put it. This is, this is up there with, with star Trek. This is up there with uh, back to the future with Indiana Jones, with all these blockbuster movies. This was one of the first. Right. Okay. What were your thoughts on it? You know, where does it stand in your, in your favorites or your
1: hated movies? Uh I'll let Todd go
2: I'll let Todd go first
1: since I've been talking most of this episode. <laughs> That's okay. Um I mean as as far as Star Wars goes, it's um it, it's just a, a, a cultural event, you know. It, it's got so many meanings, you know, to to everybody. There's, you know, philosophical and historical and and um you know where you can make reference to what happens, you know, in in real life today and everything that's, you know, gone on since recorded history. But, I mean, overall, it's, you know, what's made uh, how movies are today. I mean, all of the technology behind making the movies, um, you know, getting done from the ground up, um, you know, having Skywalker sound pretty much be you know, the top sound editing entity for for any movie that's made. You know, that's one yep. thing I always notice in the credits. Um, you know, uh, THX being its own sound system to enhance, you know, the surround sound and all the background noises and stuff. Hmm. And uh, just the fact of a trilogy and, and telling a story over um, multiple movies, um, I think now branching that out into uh Marvel's success, you know, they're just going movie after movie, after movie, after movie, and everything's linked in, in some little way. And then every, you know, three years or so you get an Avengers movie and it all kind of brings it full circle. And now we start on another path and um, it, it's really all what Star Wars brought, you know, almost 40 years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think that pretty much sums it up for me as well. I mean, it, it's, My thing with this is that, obviously, I grew up on Star Wars. I still have a Millennium Falcon and the box sitting here in my living room. I have all these Mr. Potato Heads that are done up with, you know, I have a Darth Tater. I have a Spud of Fett. I, you know, I I have them all looking like different characters from the Star Wars universe. Uh, That right there should tell you the fact that we have spoofs from this movie that it it people know this i i mean we've had the muppet uh the muppet show made spoofs of star wars when they had uh when they had mark hamill and harrison ford on it uh, there's just been so much going out there and around that you can't not see all the stuff that star wars has affected in you know even today uh, it, it's just it's a phenomenon that I think even you know 50 60 years down the road people are still going to be comparing Star Wars this will be our generations Citizen Kane and I'm probably stretching that but I'm gonna say that this will be the 80s generation of Citizen Kane
2: and you know sure there have been a ton of Star Wars spoofs out there the best one hands down May the Schwartz be with you. Spaceballs,
0: spaceballs. yes.
2: Oh God, Spaceballs. Ah, oh. what happened to then? Then is now. Whatever you're seeing now happens. It's like, oh God, you couldn't get away with a gag like that today. No, and and people get it. You just you just couldn't get away with a. Uh, uh. Oh yeah. Well, hell, well hell, you can't now with the technology because you know it's like. Yeah, just can't do it, but... I I love Spaceballs. I love Star Wars overall. I'm... Like I said before with the comics, with the current run of the Marvel comics, I... Now that Marvel has the license back, they have also taken back most of the Dark Horse things, so it's not like the Dark Horse stuff is gone. Um, You know, so I'm really looking forward to reading some of those older um, like uh, Darth... uh, What is it? Um... Darth Vader in the ghost prison, like stuff like that. I I, yeah. I do want to go back and read some of that stuff. Um, let's before we leave, let's go ahead and talk about Episode Seven because we've gotten two trailers so far. When you guys saw the first trailer, Todd, what was your first reaction to seeing the very first trailer for Force Awakens?
1: So the the first trailer, um, it it really I mean it it left me wanting to know more. I mean, I mm-hmm. like the fact that, you know, it just introduced quickly, here's here's the new people. You know, you know that it's 30 years in the future. You know that Han, Luke, and Leia are not going to be running across the galaxy. Um, you know, they're going to be more of the Obi-Wan role. It's going to be more of, you know, uh, for Leia, possibly something political. You know, she, mm-hmm. did she reestablish the Senate or something like that? Um, but, uh, but yeah, after the first one, um, I I think it's, it's just the fact of the music that, that just brought it all back, you know, where you're just like, all right, there's the theme, there's the Falcon, you're over some kind of desert planet, you're thinking, is it Tatooine again? Um, you know, but, uh, but overall it, it felt like Star Wars and, um, After the, the second trailer, um, just even more so. I, I know people are, you know, fifty-fifty if not less on uh, J.J. Abrams, but um, aside from the uh, lens flares, um, yeah,
2: I I think that's the one thing that everyone has a sticking point with J.J. is lens flare. Yeah. But
1: yeah, I mean that's that's, just his style. Yeah, and and aside (laughs) from that, I mean it, the trailer it looked. Like a Star Wars movie is supposed to look like.
0: It, it, what about you know, Doug? it? It is capturing mine for uh, as well. I mean, when I saw it, I kind of went, my first exposure to it was from Good Morning America when they ran this on Good Morning America. And I kind of went, okay, we're seeing. My first thought was the guy, I, I don't know who his name is or anything about it, but he pulls off the stormtrooper helmet and he's black. And I kind of went, oh, wow, that's a little different, because the stormtroopers were all supposed to be white. They were all supposed to be these clones. They were all supposed to be the same height. They weren't supposed to be different. And so that was kind of like, wow, that's a change. And then seeing the Millennium Falcon flying over the desert, obviously I just went, okay, if that's not the Millennium Falcon, that's another YT-1300 freighter that I can't wait to see which one this is because we I I know that there is at least one other one according to the expanded universe books there is another YT thirteen hundred out there floating around and, and I'm really hoping that this is still just the Falcon and that's all that we know it as it's not somebody else flying a look like ship mm. uh, that was my first thoughts and then I'm like okay and then we start seeing the droid you know the soccer ball droid rolling around I'm like. That's cool. That's capturing straight out of what I saw. You know, it, it brought back memories of the Jawas in Star Wars. You know, when they're trying to sell R2-D2 and C-3PO, it brought back those emotions. And I'm kind of like, okay. And seeing the X-Wing fighters fly over the water and seeing the spray around them, I'm like, they finally got it right. They, they They've got it right. It's not going to be another Phantom Menace.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with that second trailer, the crashed star destroyer, looking like a mountain, that uh-huh. was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too sure about the triple lightsaber though, <laughs> in the first trailer. Yeah, that <laughs> just doesn't look like. I don't know. Don't don't get me wrong. I I think it looks cool, but it just doesn't look like it would work. You know, yeah. <laughs> like it practically that in a battle that that could I don't know we'll have to wait and see, um, but yeah, The Force Awakens later this year. Absolutely, super ready for a new Star Wars film, and it will actually be the second Star Wars film I've seen in theaters. Sadly, the first one was the Phantom fuck up.
0: Oh, ah, oh, oh. uh, so. I think we'll go ahead and close this out here. Uh, obviously, we want to thank everybody for listening to our 100th episode. Uh, we have got... Uh, I, I will have some giveaways. I do have some stuff that I'm going to give away. I won't actually give it away on the episode. It will be part of... It'll be showing up on Facebook, and I'll probably post up on Twitter as well links to it. But I do have stuff that I'm going to give away here probably right after I hang up with you guys. But... <laughs> uh, I do want to thank everybody for listening. If you have not gone and checked us out on Facebook, please do so now. You can uh, you can like us there. You can tell us what you think. Tell us your thoughts. Let us know what you think of, of whether this was a good episode, whether you'd like to hear more on this. Let us know if you have any suggestions for future episodes. Uh, like we said, obviously, we do have the year of trilogies coming up. Uh, so, I mean, you can expect things like Back to the Future and Indiana Jones. And I'm gonna consider that a trilogy because the Kingdom of the Crappy Skull did not really exist. So the only and I've said this before, the only decent thing about Kingdom
2: is the end. Not the fact that the movie ended, but what happens at the end. Yeah. When they when they reference uh Sean Connery.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, there there's little things like that, and that's about it. Uh, so, I mean, we will have that. If you want to write us, you can write us at mygenerationpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can find us out on Twitter. I am at sprzout. Dave, you and Mike. Okay, Todd. I'm not sure if you have Twitter or not. If not, no big deal.
1: I uh, no, I I don't have one. Okay, that's one. <laughs> someday, 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 I might get out there.
0: Yeah. It's okay. 140 characters doesn't really say much for people nowadays. It's for it, it, it's for people who have attention deficit disorder as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but I still chat with people out there. So, uh, Mike, I know you've got some things going on in the works with uh, GeekCast Radio Network. Anything you want to plug?
2: We've got a bunch of stuff.
0: Um, there's so much
2: happening. Uh, I don't even know. Just head over to geekcastradio.com and and uh and and check all the stuff out over there we've got six years of content and more so it's just so awesome to be doing this um i will say and i'll 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 give doug the link to put in the post here people ought to check out the episode of our podcast called gcrn wars w-a-r-z and the reason why i do that is because of some of how people spell on the internet um it's our debate podcast and a few years ago we debated which was the better franchise Star Trek or Star Wars. Oh. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that's an ugly so, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so I will point people in that direction to check that out. Um, it's just, <laughs> it was a fun time at the
0: time when we did it. So. All right, folks, I want to thank everybody for listening for a hundred episodes. Obviously, this is not the end. We will have more. I'm looking forward to at least another hundred episodes here if we can get them out. Let us know what you think, and look forward to us. Uh, go out and message us on iTunes. Tell us what you think there. Thank you all for listening. And as as I know, I'm sure Todd is wanting to say, "May the force be with you." All right, folks. Thank you. <laughs> let just go over
2: here did you see that email i sent everybody i did that mass email doug about remote control
0: yeah i i okay just saw it here and it, it just hit in right. my inbox and uh chuck had something in there about it and I, I have not really had much of a chance to read it yet i apologize
2: no, it's all right. When you get a chance, just reply to me. You don't have to reply to everybody. Okay. Yeah the uh, the GCR and Wars episode Star Trek versus Star Wars three hours fifty four minutes and three seconds. <laughs> Jesus, that's so. it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we what we do is we we debate the we debate the verses on. I think it's like twenty different categories, Uh, so you'll have to. I'll put the
0: link in the chat. It's it's not just a Starship Smackdown where you've got. Yeah, no, no. Who who would take it, the Starship Enterprise or the Superstar Destroyer? (laughs) You don't have stuff like that necessarily. I mean, I mean,
2: it's well, it's in there. I mean, we 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 we, we do talk about the ships and all that good stuff. So, um, you guys will just have to listen to it if you want. So, all right.
0: Oh. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to get out of here. All so. right. I I will probably have this posted. Well, uh, it, it, this will be posted on May 4th. So, yeah. just in case anybody's asking, May the 4th be with you. <laughs>
1: there That's you go. Right. That's right.
3: Thank you.